Welcome everyone to another episode of the Rodcast and I'm sitting here with Pastor Rod and today we're going to talk about the 1040 window, what it is and why it's important to us. So, Pastor Rod, can you explain this concept of the 1040 window? Because I didn't grow up knowing what this was and I've learned about it in recent years and and I'd yeah, I'd love for you to just teach mm. us what this is for those who don't know. The 1040 window is a geographic term. So, if you look at the world map, it's like a, a, a square, a rectangle part of the world, which includes most of Asia, reaching mm-hmm. across to the Middle East and then North Africa. It's like a, it's a, it's a window on the world. It's a, a geographic area. And it really is speaking about um, the, the Christian world or the, the, the world of those who have heard about Jesus and those who haven't. And okay. it's a window of focus of saying this area of the world's the least a lot of population and least reached. So let's have a look at this area of the world. What could we do for it in terms of uh, blessing but also uh, reaching with the good news of Jesus. And I think this is this term's only been around probably 40 years. I was a young Christian when I first heard about okay. this in uh, in the 80s a long time is ago. It a Christ- was- is it a Christian term? Or is yeah, it-, it is a Christian. It's a Christian term. It it, it okay. actually is. It's, it's referring to this group of unreached people for okay. the gospel. Yes, um, I think it, it gained. Um, you know, there, there was a number of people back then doing some great research on the world, and there was a, a book called Perspectives. It's still around in courses and trying to get churches to understand mission, um, the the reached okay. world and the unreached world are two terms we, we're going to use here today. The reached world, the is, is a lot of the um, you know Western countries, um, America, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, England, etc. These countries that, at whatever level they are, um, percentage Christian, that they're a high level where within the country, um, churches are, are going forward. Uh, there's enough finance and leadership uh, to to be on their own, and then there's a p- part of the the world where. Um, either very, very small percentage of Christians or uh, there's just no strength to self-propagate or, or go forward. Well, And a lot of those countries are in this grouping called the 1040 window. 1040 is a, a like latitude, longitude. I, th- I actually think it's latitude, isn't it? The cross, the cross beams of the world. Right. And it's above the equator, 10 degrees and 40 degrees, 1040. That's geographic. Okay. And it's, a, it's like a, window, a strip so. around the world. It's, yeah, but it's not including America. It's not right around the world. It's excluding okay. that huge North American continent okay. uh, and Central oh, yeah. America, excluding that. Uh, the rest of the world, yes. Um, and it's just trying to explain where is a focus for us to understand the gospel has not been to this. Well, the gospel's definitely been to those countries, but there's not a, a strong enough local church to, to see it moving forward. Now, there are some exceptions. Within the 1040 window, there's the Philippines and there's Singapore and there's, right. you know, there, there are some countries that really have gone ahead. So it's like a, a generalization. It's not mm-hmm. saying every country in here is like that, but to focus on this area of the world. And so why do you think that maybe the gospel hasn't taken such a strong root <laughs> in, in this, this band around the world, this, this area? Any thoughts? I've got lots of thoughts, but I I don't know if I'm going to say a lot of them publicly. Um, Historically, the gospel went from 
um, Jerusalem, where it all started with Jesus and his disciples, and it, it spread to um, North Africa, countries like Ethiopia, and it spread up to what was then in Turkey and then to Greece and then Rome, the Roman Empire, and then that spread into to, to England and Norway and Germany, and that part of the world became uh, Christian in, in name, at least, um, early and uh, and then there was the Dark Ages, and out of the Dark Ages, the Renaissance and the birth of modern missions, and out of that came the the spread of the gospel to America um, and uh, through other countries to uh, South America and the Philippines. Some of that's not great history. I'm not saying it's all good. Right. I'm just trying to explain the history of the world quickly. Yeah, that the gospel went to the Americas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a lot of missionary effort around or, or reaching out to countries in Africa, uh, Central Africa, South Africa, uh, which was incredibly, incredibly successful. Um, and then to um, the Middle East and, and uh, countries like India and China, um, there, there was a lot of success at some point, but the world has moved on. There's been wars and depressions and um, and then the independence after World War II, which was was a huge step forward actually for the gospel as country after country became independent, which is good from independent from colonial rule. But out of that also came some countries that were closing down on the Christian message, whether it was because of religion or philosophy mm. or history. A lot of those countries have become what they call closed access countries. In other words, it's it's hard to share in some of those countries. But some other countries were very, very open, and and why haven't they been reached? In, we'll come to Japan in a minute, but right. Japan and a few other countries are very, very open, open access countries. But they mm. also were not; um, they, they they didn't become. Um, there wasn't a lot of believers there. So the question you're asking is massive, and there are books, books and books and books about it. But we're living in a, in a world where there are different divisions to either receptivity or openness and openness from governments is another thing. Sure. So we have these new terms, reached, unreached, open access, closed access, and the 1040 window is, is primarily those countries where there is usually some limited access and what they had called closed people, which I don't think is a thing. But um, right. um, I think I think there are. So other- we're talking more about governments than individuals. We are. And- we are governments and religions, maybe religious groups, right? Um, right. And philosophical groups, which would include communism. So um, through through the the twentieth century, not like yeah, a hard- so-, so we're not talking about a hard hearted culture or something like that. It's yeah. I I I, I would really steer away from those concepts that people are hard-hearted. Mm-hmm. I, I have mm-hmm. not found hard-hearted people in any of the countries I've visited. I've visited probably 40. That's what I was just thinking. Um, mm-hmm. and, and some people are called hard, but when we get there, they're not hard. It's mm-hmm. just either they don't understand or they haven't mm-hmm. had a chance mm-hmm. or, or there's, there's restrictions. a huge penalty mm-hmm. to yeah. believe like you're going to die or, or lose your mm-hmm. community. So... These are massive things mm. that we all need to understand. But the 1040 window is important to understand. It's there. Here's a bigger statistic. 42% of the world today have never heard of Jesus Christ. And the majority never of that heard. 40, Never heard. 
and they don't, and they're also outside the sphere of hearing. So there's no church, there's no um, Christian TV or radio in their area, there's no Christian friends. So they're outside the scope of hearing today. Forty-two percent, which is three point five billion people in the planet, have not heard the good news of Jesus Christ, and most of them are in the ten forty window. That's where I was getting with that. Most of these forty-two mm. percent are living in just a few countries. In fact, if I could name 10 countries, very famous countries, it's, it's, it's most of that 42% are in those 10 countries, which includes Japan, where, we, where I live. Could so you name some of those? I mean... Sorry? Could you name some of those? Like what? Yeah. Uh, well, the top, the top few would be um, uh, China, India, and then uh, Turkey, Japan, uh, Thailand... Um, parts of Indonesia, big parts of Indonesia, right? Um, and then there'd be uh, there, medium-sized countries like Sri Lanka and uh, some of the Middle Eastern countries as well, right through. Beautiful people, beautiful countries. I've I've visited most of those countries and I love them. And I've seen people in all of the countries I've ever been to um, receiving Jesus, or mm-hmm. receiving healing, receiving blessing. Um, and so I don't like the concept of hard-hearted yeah it's just very difficult for them to be believers or very different difficult to be open believers Mm -hmm. because in some of those countries i've seen a massive massive response to the gospel and healing yeah but there's very little church there because people will die for their faith or be excommunicated and we don't want that we want people to Mm -hmm. be in their community and to love their families etc so yeah yeah, well, I mean, as we talk about this, it makes me think I'm not as well-traveled as you are, but I have visited a number of countries and I haven't I haven't felt anywhere that there's been a hard-heartedness from the individual. No. No. It's more just restrictions yeah. or, yeah. yeah. Well, well, in Japan, there's only 0.2% of people go to church, we think, which is about 280,000 people. Most of those people are elderly as in over 70 or 80 mm-hmm. um, because it was after world war ii most of them became believers just after world war ii and now they're elderly so we live in a nation that is the second most unreached nation of the world it's also the largest open What's access unreached people in the world what was that our What's first, first? Is bangladesh is bangladesh right. which is a closed okay. access nation i've been to bangladesh they're beautiful people amazing people, and once again seen many people healed by the power of Jesus Christ mm. in Bangladesh. Uh, so number two is Japan. Mm. Yeah, we live here. So we mm. live in, in a totally open access, easy to come to, uh, modern, safe, happy, free country where they've never heard about Jesus Christ. So we're in one of those countries that people would look at and say, well, <clears throat> what about Japan? And some people have said, oh, it's because they're hard-hearted. Well, we've found the most beautiful, wonderful people. 20 years we've lived here. Um, I guess there's hard-hearted people in every country. But to label a nation hard-hearted like this is is ridiculous. It's, it's almost a bit upsetting. Like from yeah. my time, I was in Japan for for five years and Japanese people are not hard-hearted. They're lovely people. Yeah. And, 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 and soft my, in many ways. 
And some of my leaders who are Japanese, I said to them, does that upset you? And, and Japanese are so nice, they say, no, it doesn't upset me. Right. But we don't believe it. I, yeah. I feel yeah. defensive for, for the people that I loved, like living there yeah. and like, no. And I've heard, I've had other people say that about other nations as well. And those nations were closed and uh, they were under heavy restrictions. And I just think, how, how unfair to say that. Yeah. To when all my interactions with th- that nationality is incredible receptivity. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I to- totally agree. I, I just think we need to change some of our ideas about um, having an open church in those communities, which means they're either going to die or be excommunicated. Mm. And we need to think deeply about that. It doesn't mean we hold back on the good news. It just means we need to understand the church is going to look different. It's going to look yeah. really different. Yeah. And, and now with the online uh, concepts we've got, we've got people receiving Jesus from Saudi Arabia, Burma, um, you know, Afghanistan, Iran, all over the world. People want to, want to hear the gospel. They want to hear the good news. Mm. And, and then they're saying, is there, a, is there a community in our country? And we say, yeah, there is actually, but it's probably going to be underground or online or in a house. Or, so it's going to look very, very different. And that also means our understanding of uh, investment in those countries will look different too, like mm. uh, people investing time and money and, and, and personnel and, and strategy into those countries. It may not be an open church, but, you know, Jesus said, where two or three gather in my name, there I am in the midst. And we've got to understand that in their context, it's just going to look really, really different. One of the things that... You know, people have said to me about living in Japan, uh, that, oh, you live in Japan, is it, is it dark? I say, well, no, it's like every other country. It's got, it's got the sun. I know what they're saying, but yeah, it's not dark. But then I say to them, you know what? I've been to um, 40 countries and including some great countries like Israel and America, beautiful countries. I love them. Um, but I don't feel God more or less in any of those geographies. Um, I've also lived in Thailand for four years with my wife and um, here in Japan 20 years and um, countries have not been receptive or openly receptive and I haven't felt God more or less in any of those countries. So I, 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 I think when, people, when Christians talk about a country like a Mecca or a, a center of Christianity, you're not going to feel God more in those countries than in other countries. That, that would, one, be unfair of God, <laughs> right, to put, right. you know, more of his presence there and and also the, the the very clear scripture that Jesus gave to his disciples was go into Israel, this is in Luke chapter 10, and tell them, tell the, the unbelievers that the kingdom of God has come near. And Jesus also said to his disciples or, or to people around actually, to, to Pharisees and other around, don't, don't say the kingdom of God is here or there because the kingdom of God is within you if you're a believer. And, and so, to me, living in Japan, I have never, well, I have felt the darkness in every country and I've felt Jesus in every country. So, it's right. even. I have an even, <laughs> an even sense of, of God and spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and I don't know if we're going to go into that concept of spiritual warfare except to say it's real and it's here. People yeah. say, do you feel it? Yeah. Yeah, but I felt it in Australia and everywhere. And, I've, and, and is a temptation? Yeah, there's temptation in every country. And, and yes, there's Jesus. 
and his presence in every country. I think we've got to become biblical on this. You know, David, King David, in one of his um, Psalms said, if I go to the heavens, you're there. If I go to hell, you're there. You're, you're, you're everywhere. And, and that's what I feel um, equally here in a country where people say it's dark. I said, no, it's not dark. I just never heard. People say they're hard. No, I said, no, they're not hard. They've just never heard. Uh, or the demons are bigger. Than, no, they're not bigger. They're just never heard. And so I, I, I've, I'm a broken record on this. But if we just have the right. right outreach and we find the cultural code to these nations, we can come back to that if you want. But mm. I talk a lot about this, the cultural code to people's hearts, to hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. Then I say it's the same in Japan as Australia and every other country of the world. God is not... The Bible says God is not showing favoritism. He is not a God of the favorite. He loves Israel and he loves America and he loves Australia, but it's not favorite. He wants all, the Bible says he wants all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. So we've got to get a different concept. It's not about God's favoritism. It's about opportunity. It's about people having the opportunity to hear the good news, that is a very different thing than being hard-hearted, isn't it? Mm. Where do you think that that thought uh, comes from? Because I have heard that over the years, some people, Christians, talking about a certain nation and they'll they'll say it's hard-hearted or like where where is that coming from? If what you're saying is it's universal, it's the same, God moves here and there, also the devil is there and there, why, where is that coming from then? Um, it's Well, I, I could answer that in a number of ways, but I'd say it's just coming from observation. And observation is not always correct. Like when right. Jesus in, in, in John chapter 4 went to the Samaritans and the people said, why are you, why are you going there? Oh, they're, 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 sort of, they're, they're the enemy of Israel. Why are you going there? But he met one woman at a well who opened up a whole community in a so-called hard area. And I think there's a lot of lessons from that, but one is just one changed life can open up a community in, in, any, in any society, in any place. And, and, and again, I've been in some very dark places sharing the good news. I've even shared the good news with, with, with witch doctors and people involved with um, witchcraft, and I'm just not afraid of any of that. That stuff is not as powerful as Jesus Christ. And, and we go there with a heart full of faith and, and knowing we're not going to be in trouble or, or in danger from evil spirits and just go and share with them the love of Jesus. And I've seen many give their lives to Jesus. And so people would call that dark. You know, I remember I once went to a witch doctor's home in a little island in Indonesia and it's sort of like what you'd expect, like a little dark hut in the middle of a rice field and you go in and there's there's weird things in jars in there or the whole inside of the building is it's what you'd expect and i had the most amazing time sharing jesus with that beautiful man and i said to him i know you think you're doing good but um and and i know your heart but do you realize that he 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 tried to curse me um that that told me that so i said can i meet him and they went oh all right um so he knew i was coming he invited me in, took my shoes off and sat down in his lounge room and not act- not invaded by any of this stuff. That doesn't matter. You know, mm. the Bible says greater is he that's within us than he that's in the world. That stuff 
doesn't matter. Whatever he curse or spell or whatever mm. conjuring he did has zero effect on me right there in, in that place. And I said to him, sir, I use very formal uh, Indonesian language. I said, sir, I know you you, you, you want to help people. I, I get it. I, I thank you. But by cursing me, it's going to hurt you. Do you realize that? Because the Bible says, those who curse you, I will curse, says the Lord. I said, I don't, I, I really want you to be blessed, sir. I, I know that. And, and, and he had just opened his heart and he, he heard about Jesus. And I said, sir, would you, would you like Jesus in your heart? And he said, yes. And he bowed his head and I prayed for him. And um, that's called a dark place. But it wasn't because Jesus' light just came into that place. <laughs> and mm. uh, I've got another story of a, another witch doctor in a part of Indonesia, a witch doctor over a whole region, over like 100 kilometers, 100 by 100 kilometers in a, in a volcanic area. And the same thing in his house and sharing, sir, I, could I just share with you good news? That, and I, we saw him. Actually, there's a, there's two parts to this story. I was part two. Part one was his son had been healed by Jesus. His son had become paralytic through an accident, and and Jesus walked into the hospital room and healed him, and the son had become a believer. That's part one, huge part one. Wow. I know, right? Yeah. And then I get to meet him on another day, and I get to share part two with him, and he got very angry with me and, and was slamming doors and getting upset and... I thought, wow. oh my goodness! But I wasn't scared. I just, I thought, oh no, in the natural, oh no, he's. Yeah. And then he came back into the room after five minutes, bowed his head, and said, "I want to receive Jesus." And I looked at Paulos, my friend, Indonesian friend, and we just, wow, what's this is just amazing. And that region um, was dark by definition, but there, there, right in the right in the middle, the head spiritual man received Jesus Christ through a healing of his son, and then a day sharing Jesus with him. So I've seen a lot of so-called darkness, mm. and then the, the light comes shining in. So, and it's got nothing to do with us. It's the, it's the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus Christ that those people receive Jesus. But if we're fearful, if we have a fearful theology or belief, we're not going to go into those places. And us living in Japan... I could tell you story after story of spiritual warfare here, but I could tell you the same for Australia. Yeah. Um, it, it's not unique to here. We've got to have a bigger mindset that Jesus Christ's resurrection conquered the devil and all that stuff. And, and greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So I think people labeling something dark is they just haven't met enough people is my answer. Right. Because when you meet enough people, and some of them, not all, but some are very open. You, you, you don't think they're hard. You think they just haven't heard. And there's another reason, which I don't know if we want to go into right now, but we could. It's the words that we use. There are a lot of words that, that people use that just don't connect. That's called miscommunication. Right. And, sure. and then there's communication. Here in Japan, we had to learn how to communicate with people who have never heard. So get rid of Christianese for a start. Those Christian words we, we use, we've got to use more simplified words. Um, and then we, we get to share good news, which is actually good news to the Japanese. Uh, and we see not everyone, not even a majority, but out of the thousands we've met, 
out of the tens of thousands we've met, there have been thousands that have responded. So, are they hard? No. Um, they just mm. need to hear it in the cultural code, their language, their way, and and then teaching them to hear from God through the word in in their culture. And it's been a joy. You know that's been a mm. joy, Richard. You're five years here and mm-hmm. 15 years were there or 10 years there in Hong Kong. It's a joy. Mm-hmm. This is what we yeah. do. We get to do this and declare the people not closed, not hard, but open and then we tell stories of people, ah, their lives changed and families changed. And yeah, we get to tell that side, which is called testimony. So what you're saying is like they're not connecting with the language. It's not like they're not connecting. It's not like they're rejecting the message. It's just if we come in speaking a jargon that people don't understand, how can they ever buy into that? Yeah. I'll give you an example from Japan, a very famous example. It's not just what we discovered, but mm-hmm. when the Japanese Bible was translated into Japanese, they, they looked at the word sin and un- unfortunately they translated it into the word crime. Literally, absolutely, the Jap- Japanese, which was also the Chinese symbol for crime. Okay. Now, that's a really big error because the Bible does not say all have committed crime and fall short of the glory of God. It says all have sinned. So we need to understand the word sin. It's it's um it's missing the mark, hamatia in the Greek. That it, in the Hebrew it's also missing the mark. It's it's missing God's standard. We fall short, we we can't make it, we need a savior. Absolutely. But it's not crime. It's not a crime. So you can imagine every time Japanese are reading the word sin, they're reading the word crime, it's gonna miscommunicate. Right. Because I'm not a criminal. Jap- yeah. And so, when people say, are you a sinner, Japanese are going to say no. Mm. Because you're saying, are you a criminal? Well, this is the most law-abiding country in the world. Yeah. (laughs) So, that's a a linguistic issue. It's a translation issue of the Bible. So, when we we read the scripture, we do use the word, which is the word tsumi, but then we explain it, tsumi, which in the Bible means tragic flaws in our nature that we need a savior so we have to explain that term rather than causing a big deal with it we have to always explain it and the japanese we say have you done that do you have tragic flaws and japanese who are perfectionists say yes totally 100 percent. like japanese would never say i don't have flaws they're all gonna say i have flaws Mm -hmm. so so by that word usage changes a lot of communication and i think a lot of people have come here and asked japanese have you committed crime and they say no and you think they're hard-hearted well that would actually no you got we got the word wrong or someone got the word wrong this is one example that's huge in japan but there are many many more and i've seen the same thing with some other cultures as well it's very important that we look at words Mm. so what what should be our approach? I mean, obviously, we live in these kind of this part of the world, but we're talking to potentially a global audience here. Like, what yep. should the church look to? What should what what's the church's global approach to this, or what should it be? Do you have any thoughts on this? I'm sure you do. I think I think if any any Christian is awakened to the great commission of Jesus to go into all the world and preach the gospel, we should be 
we should be alerted to this 42%. 42% is from um, a bunch of a bunch of different uh, groups around the world have come up with the same number. 42% of the world, 3.5 billion. We should be alert. We should be awakened and then realize that most of the mission's money and most of the missionaries and most of the mission's focus does not go to this 42%. I think it's something like um, less than one cent in the every mission dollar, less than one cent goes to the 42%, goes to the 1040 window. Less than one cent or one penny in every dollar goes to the 42%, which means it's, you know, I wouldn't want to see any of that money not go to the other world, but I'm sure there is mm. more pockets for more money yeah. to the unreached world when if it's presented. So I'm not talking has about reallocation. 40, has that 42% changed like over the last 50, 100 years as technology's increased and more awareness? Like has that gone down? When I first got saved, I was aware of all these numbers. I, I read mm-hmm. at these and it, the number was, the number for, when I got saved 43 years ago, the number was 42%. Now, in this generation that I've lived, that doesn't mean the gospel hasn't gone ahead. It just means there are a lot of countries that were nominally Christian where there's been an incredible move of God, including South America, Central America, Africa, parts of Asia. Mm. So we're not saying the gospel hasn't gone ahead. But it's saying that statistic, as the world's population has grown, has stayed the same. So I don't think it's like, you know, pull your hair out and say we've, we've, we've wasted a generation. But it does mean there needs to be an actual focus so that more than one penny in the dollar, dollar goes here or, or, or more money, more focus and definitely more strategy. Because when you're talking about closed access countries, you've got to be strategic. We've got to love the online concepts right now i hear around the world some people saying i can't wait to leave the online you know recording and i'm thinking not us we're using it to reach hundreds and thousands of people and i say imagine if every every country and every church or every church in every country use some online the gospel would increase it yeah. would increase even if even if 10 percent use the online to reach their friends in different countries or use their business entrepreneurial skills to start businesses in countries um, to be a vehicle for blessing, to hire local people, uh, to, to put in wells and put in schools and to be a blessing. Um, I think we would reach that 42% or some of that more quickly. One of the ways in history that the gospels really went ahead in, in this area was through education and through medicine. A lot of the hospitals in your country and, and many countries have Christian backgrounds, yep. uh, universities, hospitals, schools. Yep. schools. There has been an incredible investment, but maybe mm-hmm. not that much in the last generation or two. Mm-hmm. And I think that whether people become believers or not, just to, to reach out strategically and love people and bless people is part of our mandate to reach the world in Jesus' name. And then there are going to be many people who say, could I know more? You've got more, haven't you? And we say, yeah, we've got, we've got more about Jesus. And they say, we'd like to know that too. So I, I believe there would be many millions of people today in Japan would, would love to receive Jesus if they knew. I do believe that. That's not hard-hearted. Mm. That's just lack of opportunity, um, lack of str- strategic planning, 
thinking. Awareness, reach. Awareness, yeah. reach. Um, let me say this. It's very interesting. I think there has been a lot of prayer into the forty into the 1040 window. Right. I think there yeah. has. I, I think that some of us, a lot of our success here in Japan is because there's been so much prayer from the world, especially from Korea for Japan. But the Bible says, how can they hear unless someone goes and shares in Romans 10? So it's not just prayer, it's prayer and sharing. Give me all the prayer, please. Please increase. But it's not just the prayer walking, we've got to do the prayer talking as well. And and uh, I mean talking to people and having a way of communicating good news with them. Mm. Any final thoughts on this yeah. for, for us the, or for others? Yep. Yeah. Um, 500 years ago, there was a, a, a Jesuit mis- missionary come to Japan called Francis Xavier. He also went to Malaysia, India, very famous mm. guy. When he came here for the first time, the gospel went, went right through Japan and he said these, he sent a letter to the European monasteries where they were training young people and he said these words and here it is. Here's my final words. The word, he said, give up your small ambitions and come and change the world. And I think we need a generation who say, Lord, I... You've given us purpose and, and dreams and, and so much. Surely some of that can flow into the 42%. Mm. And we want to even be a part of it if we can. Give up small ambitions, give up comfort, and come mm. and change the world for Jesus Christ. And one last quote from C.T. Starter, cricketer in England uh, 150 years ago. He said, only one life will soon be passed. Only what, what's done for Christ will last. I think it's about looking at the opportunity and I'd say to everyone, you don't have to come or you don't have to go, but we have to pray and I believe we have to give something into the unreached world in Jesus' name. Mm, great place to end. All right. Thank you for your time, Pastor Rod. We'll see you guys on the next episode.